previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Stan sits down. I'm part of the Purified. This is our headquarters. Abe, your eye was a gift from Helleros. I'm just going to put my hand on him. I'm going to move every one of your bones in your body. Now that Zawadzki has seen the circlet, it's only a matter of time until he has some idea of where to start looking. So we need to get this circlet before he does. So you pick up the circlet and you see the five-faced figure and a man holding a staff, oddly like the one that Jet has. Then you see the diamond and the man in a swamp and the circlet in a city with a castle with a flash of light around it, and you see a throne with a crown sitting next to the throne. Although we're all kind of wanted right now, you still probably have plenty of connections throughout the city who is part of the Purified who can help us get closer to that throne room. This is the fucking godfather? If you can get us into the throne room, we just kill the king, animate dad, bring the king back to life as my zombie, and just have him walk us out of the castle. Dan cuts you off. The whole idea is not to kill the king, it's just to get the power away from the clergy. Why don't we just kill him out of the clergy, have one of us dress up on that, and try to break into the castle? I can cast a spell that would change your appearance. So this would work. The idea is to bring them to justice, not to needlessly kill. We want to make an example out of Zawadzki, but we need evidence. Why don't we break into his office? How exactly do you plan on kicking the door down? I'm going to go on a stealth mission and check it out. I use fine sea to get a giant eagle, or have a giant eagle drop jet off on top of the castle, sneak in from the roof. Stan leads you down one of the hallways. We need to find the throne room. You can see that there are carvings all over the throne, and at the top of the throne is a flaming crown with what appears to be a diamond. You don't see the circlet anywhere. Brixius, uh-huh. how long can you establish a message? And Hexor goes, oh, we can form a telepathic bond so that we can all communicate. In a couple days, we'll make our move. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Matt Smith. Paul, have you ever watched the Jimmy Neutron show? Not in a long time. Do you remember the character Bulby? <laughs> Bulby. <laughs> do you remember his little dance and song that he did? <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I like where this is going. It went slap, slap, slap. Clap, clap, clap. Oh, that's right. We talked about this on the podcast once. Which is what my uh, my balls and also cack are going to be doing to your forehead. Clap, <laughs> clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. Brad Richards. Ran around with a mm-hmm. lint roller. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out that in the Jimmy Neutron series, Sheen brought Ultra Lord to school every day for show and tell. Nobody said shit. <laughs> that is true. Ben Renfro. I was trying to think if we're trying to stick with the, the Jimmy Neutron theme here. I was not prepared for that, but uh, he tried to make the one episode where pants would fold themselves and they all, all came to life and just started taking over the city. Beating the shit out of people. <laughs> beating the shit out of people. <laughs> Brad Renfro. I was going to stick with Jimmy Neutron. I was just going to complain about being old because, you know, when I was a kid, I could fall off, you know. 
10 feet from the monkey bars and be okay. But now I like dislocate my shoulder, scooping ice cream or dislocating a hip, slapping my nuts across Paul's forehead. Mm. Eric Nemeth. I'm currently deep throating this microphone. So if, I'm, if you go to Patreon, you can buy one of my deep throated microphones for $5.99 plus shipping and handling. All proceeds go to a charity that we drag our balls across Paul's face. Thank you. It's a good thing that's not how Patreon works. That's only fans. Yeah, that's only one fans. One mic equals one ball. <laughs> Can we make it that saving bros only fans? Yes. Yes. You guys are in charge of that. It's just Paul's forehead <laughs> and different nutsacks just <laughs> resting on it. Like, I, like, we need a Roman helmet of Paul's face with each of our nutsacks for at least our first five pictures. And then we can start getting creative from there. Yes. It's for the brand, Paul. Paul, do you care about this podcast or not? Well, here I was thinking that you were going to adhere to the Jimmy Neutron wholesome stuff, because at the end of every Jimmy Neutron episode, the monkey turns around and says, Hi, I'm Paul. So, hi, I'm Paul, and I am the DM of this 5th edition actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. And that means that the episode is over. Die. I'm really trying. Oh man, <laughs> I'm really trying to think of what the drink was in Jimmy Neutron, but I can't fucking think of it. Slurp? No. Eh, was it? it? Was purple? Purple slurp? No, that was purple flurp. That's it. Well, let's go ahead and uh, purple flurp over to the actual <coughs> podcast. What the hell? And uh, pick up where we left off last time. So you finally came up with a plan on how to corner Zawadski and uh, reveal his evil doings, and then also get the circlet of the Diadem Exorius, and infiltrate the castle. Uh, Jet did some reconnaissance with Stan. He tried to find the circlet ahead of time, but he did not succeed, and uh, that's where we're going to pick up today. Stan. Goddamn Stan fucked up. Stan the man. You are in the tavern and inn at the ford. It is morning. Dalvia and Hexor come into the common area. It's very early before any of the other patrons are up. And Dalvia says, All right, today's the day. We finally make our move to try and bring down Zawadzki and root out the corruption that has been infiltrating Trugala Kingdom. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm silly. Still gonna send it. <laughs> yeah, full send. Excellent. I was able to stop by our manor and sneak out a couple of potions ahead of time. Yeah, what kind of potions did you grab for us this time, Hexor? Well, I have a potion of healing for each of you. Cool. Thanks. Anything else? I also have... Do you have a pen? <laughs> I also have one potion of gaseous form. That sounds like something that would come in handy. Why don't you grab one for each of us? Because I only had one. Okay, great. One of us will surely take that. I'm ready. No, you could already turn invisible. Why do you need to turn into gas now, too? Good, I mean, you looked at me. Fuck uh, you, Jet. So I'll selfish. I'll so greedy. The, you're the, the greediest person on this team. You pay him the too much. The most greedy. <laughs> cut his pay. I'm going to have to cut your pay again. <laughs> We're only on this trip for you. This is your trip. 
to kill your demon. Yeah, and we've been doing a lack of finding or killing my demon this entire time. Ambionitis, we need to get back on track here. Let's just take the gaseous form and go kill our demon. Bixius, Ambionitis, did you remember to give him his charm? His bill of charge for all of expenses on the strip. <laughs> yeah, all the food. We've had to feed him. You see me, like, tuck a bag of pine cones behind me. It's like, this is my food. I found it. <laughs> my painty for this. All right. Who wants to be able to turn into gas? I got my eagle. I'm fine. I don't need to turn into gas. That'd be nice, brother. Would you like it? <sighs> yeah. I was going to say, or... You know, if there's any door in your way, you would just kick it down. So why would you even need to turn into gas? Turn into gas, you slip under the door, and then you kick it down from the other <laughs> side. <laughs> when you take when you take this potion, how does it work? <laughs> so for one hour, no concentration needed, um, you gain the effect of the spell gaseous form until you end the effect as a bonus action or until the time is up. What gaseous form does is you turn yourself and everything that you're wearing into a misty cloud. Your only method of movement is flying at a speed of 10 feet. You can enter and occupy the space of another creature. The target or the person who is in gas form has resistance to non-magical damage and has advantage on strength, dexterity, and constitution saving throws. You can pass through small holes, narrow openings, and even mere cracks, though you would treat liquids as if they're solid surfaces. You can't fall, and you remain hovering in the air even when stunned or otherwise incapacitated. You can't talk or manipulate objects, and you can't attack or cast spells. Can you freely come in and out of it while you're using it for that duration of time, or once you go into it, if you come out, are you, like, out of it? It's once in, once out. No, oh, it's not for me. I'm going to be in need of a fight, and you guys need to hear me talk. I'm too important. Yeah. Uh, let's say Ambient Nights or Abe, one of you guys could have it. I can already cast it, so. No. Oh. 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 <laughs> you guys can both turn into gaseous clouds and then occupy the same space into each other. Mix our gas. What if they're occupying the same space in gaseous form and then they both turn back normal? <laughs> They'd. And they then bump heads happens. and then fall fall away from each other. They wouldn't be like polymorph together. No, that that'd be sick though. This isn't gaseous form. This is. <laughs> and in gaseous form, we can we can fit through mere cracks, even the the most toned and squeaky of them all. I have a quick question. What if you ant man this and just go inside someone and just turn normal inside of them? You might be able to. That's how they should have killed Thanos. I'll take it. <laughs> no. You know what? I'm down for it. <laughs> no. Was there a video where they proved that like doing that to Thanos wouldn't have worked? Like it wouldn't have been enough to actually burst like his colon? I don't... I, maybe. Amy nice. it's yours. Yep. So what, Ant-Man would die just from clenching? Yeah. <laughs> he would go to grow and he'd get like stuck in there. Just suffocate in somebody's colon. <laughs> that is not a fun way to die. Trust me on that one. I lost too many hamsters up there. <laughs> Shove a gerbil in your ass through a tube. So, um, now that Hexor has passed out the potions, Stan steps up and says, Here are all of the, uh, the acolyte uniforms I was able to grab. So go ahead and put these on, and then we'll have Dalvia, uh, modify your appearances so you look different. You got a jester outfit? 
Stan, what in the actual fuck? The biggest size you brought was a large. How are me and Ambie and I supposed to fit into these? Mm, that's what the spell's for. Do you have any Jester's outfit for me? I specifically asked for a Jester's outfit. Yeah, well... My hand's on my sword. Prothean. Eddie, soldier. Add him to the side quest. All right, I put on my crop top and get dressed. I write down his name in a little book, then get dressed. And we're all dressed. All right. So Dalvia then steps up and says, okay, so this spell will change the way you look, but if anybody touches you, the it, it's just an illusion. So try to avoid bumping into anybody or letting them get too close to observe you, okay? Somebody let me know that they understand. <laughs> we all just stare at her with a blank expression on our face. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. I will not touch anybody or let them touch me. When you cast a spell, can it make it appear like I have no tongue? Because I'm not saying any of this stuff. I took a vow of silence and cut my own tongue out. Because I am not going to preach some hello scum. So this, I took a vow of silence, so make the illusion appear like my t- tongue was cut out. Sh- sure, I'll, I'll, I'll have your tongue look like it's cut out. Thank you. You're going to die last. And she waves her hands, and uh, you feel a tingling sensation, and suddenly as you look around the room, you all now look like Dragonborn. My hands on my sword. Who are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Who in the Go. blue hell are you? What kind of Dragonborns are we? You guys can pick your colors. Neat. I'm going to pick, <laughs> uh, pick black. All right. Well, what kind of dragonborns have fire breath as their breath weapon? I think gold is lightning. Off the top of my head, I don't know. Um, Isn't black like acid or something? Black is acid. Uh, fire is brass, gold, or red. It'll be gold. No, since the breath weapons and actually everything don't actually matter since we don't get those abilities... I'm going to be ivory. The fuck? You're one boozy son of a bitch. I'll be a nice sapphire blue, and as soon as I see myself look like a dragonborn, I'm going to be like, oh my god, I have a tail. I'm going to go, like, to touch it, and since it's just an illusion, I'm going to go, like, through my own tail. Yeah, well, can can we get some clarification here? Others can't touch us, and we can't touch other people, but can we touch ourselves? (laughs) Not at this show. This is a family show. Ben, that's how you go blind. (laughs) (laughs) Storm smites you instantly if you touch yourself. <laughs> That's what the temple taught me. Yeah, I guess the illusion would stop your hand from going through, like, a piece of your body. But uh, for the most part, it's just like a very thin outer shell of an illusion. And uh, it's you're generally still the same shape. And Dragonborn actually don't have tails in D&D. But if you want a tail, you can have one. Yes. My tail is 22 feet long. Let me ask you that. If we have a <laughs> tail and Dragonborn typically don't have tails, is that going to look even more suspicious when we're on the inside? No. Uh, well, based on the book, Dragonborn don't have tails, but if you guys want tails, then they will canonically have tails in Ralvaria. Oh, this is our world building right now. Tails, yes or no? Yes. I, I just tried to Hell yeah. touch my tail. Okay, we all have tails. Okay. And uh, Abe, what color are you? I want to be green. <laughs> You're not going to go with any fancy color name for green? Green. <laughs> okay. Just a dragonborn uh, green. Can I change my color? I want to be ebony. All right. <laughs> ebony and ivory? 
can I can I be like a chameleon? Can I change colors whenever and freely? Can we be tie-dye? Dalvia says, unfortunately, no, you can't do that. Although that would be fun. Karma, 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 chameleon. Oh my goodness. Where did Dalvia come up with this? This is a, a beautiful sound in my ears. <laughs> you should have been a bard, Dalvia. Wait, can I be a purple? Purple furple? Yeah. <laughs> Make us all tie-dye and polka dot. Yes. <laughs> uh, she says, I think you all look great the way that you are right now. So let's go ahead and get ourselves ready for this evening. Now, based on the reconnaissance that Jet was able to provide uh, between him and Stan, we now know some of the best routes to and from the king's bedchamber and the receiving room, the audience chamber. Which do you plan on going to first? I guess we're not familiar with uh, your true golem customs. Does the king typically actually wear his crown day to day? Not every day. Only when he's receiving dignitaries. Was he receiving any dignitaries? I don't know his day-to-day schedule. She turns to Jet and says, Jet, were you able to pick up any information regarding his schedule in his bedchamber or anything like that? Why didn't I just go as a dignitary? Did you find his planner or maybe his diary? That would have been good information. You could tell who he has a crush on. <laughs> and then we can we, we can tug at his heartstrings. We could blackmail him. It so happens I did find both of these things. <laughs> and they're right here. So I pull out his diary and his planner. <laughs> I take his diary and start flipping through it. Stan, Stan says, when did you grab that? I didn't see you find anything. Well, we were looking for the circlet, but... I didn't happen to find that. I just happened to find these instead. And, you know, maybe he wrote down where he keeps it in his diary. You know, that's just what I was thinking. Hexor says, let me see that. Hexor, you never read another man's diary. (laughs) Is the diary like pink and it it has like a heart-shaped lock on it? Yes. Nice. I'm going to see what sins he committed so I know after the revolution how to punish him. Hexor snatches it and says, Not to worry, only a man should read another man's journal. And I happen to be an accomplished speed reader. And he literally just like fans at the pages real quick and goes, There, I've read it. I highly doubt you know how to read. So anything juicy? (laughs) Yeah. It seems that this afternoon for tea time, he will be receiving the ambassador of Danikesh. So he's receiving at tea time, so he's going to be in his bed chambers. No, he will be in the audience chamber. Did you get any other tea within this diary? Oh, you're going to spill Die. it. Die. Come on, the real juicy details. Like what sins have he committed so I know how to punish him accordingly? He is a devout and true believer of Helleros. All right, that's one sin. What's the next? <laughs> Who's his favorite boy band? <laughs> that is all. He is in sync with Helleros. Die. <laughs> Die. Oh. Okay. Die. So, public burning. Got it. And who is his biggest crush at the moment? It's gotta be May. Tell <laughs> 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 you. I hate yeah, myself. Yeah, <laughs> chimes in. I hate myself. <laughs> Die. <laughs> Sorry, it's one of those relationships where there's no strings attached. Damn it. 
and every th every little thing you do is <laughs> never gonna be enough for you. I'm sorry. Hold on, Paul. Let me get myself. Hey, be rich. Die. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be burning be rich alive after this recording. <laughs> the video is gonna be on YouTube. Thank you very much. I hate myself. <laughs> so is it Dalvia? <laughs> <laughs> It would make sense as she's the, the the family is he's just uh, been there for generations. So if the king was really going after the Alistair's daughter, that would make a lot of sense. It would actually. She's the um daughter of an uh, extremely powerful noble. So yes, but the king is already married. So yeah, but he concubine. Some sort of adultery is being committed. Let's <laughs> get a no. Of course not. Not even if uh, and Hexor says, of course not. He is in sync with. The faith of Helleros. Oops, I did it again. Uh, we're gonna flail you. <laughs> Wait, what? You're about to get speared, brother. That's not. I'm it. gonna strangle you with your own intestines. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> I throw up all over the table. <laughs> <laughs> Stan says, "Ah, oh, I just wax that." Hmm. That's wax not... it again. <laughs> Blame your friend. Sink. Is that or no? That's not in sync. Britney Spears. It's Britney Spears. Yeah, it's Britney Spears, but he said he's in sync. He made the joke again. Oops. He did it again. So, is he into Britney Spears? <laughs> is that what you found in the diary, Hexor? Or is that Hexor's secret? Hexor's That's into Britney Spears. Hexor's into Britney Spears. Where is your diary, Hexor? <laughs> Got you. He's just so toxic. Someone call him a womanizer. The name of this episode, <laughs> instead of the diary of Jane by the Breaking Benjamins, will be the diary of... Hexor. Can we just explore Hexor's diary? Well, it's the diary of the king. Eh. I don't know the king's name, so... Do any of us? Has it been mentioned? Hexor, what's the king's name? Uh, I've definitely said it, and I don't remember what it is. Dalvia, do you remember? <laughs> I'll see, members. Crafts. <laughs> Please let his name be Kingsley. King Kingsley. Matt, you tend to remember these sorts of things. Do you remember what the king's name was? <laughs> Not a fucking clue. Falls on the match shoulder to pay attention. Now. All right, Dalvia only knows him as Big Daddy. <laughs> oh, I missed a couple good ones. Big Papa. Damn it! We're gonna have to circle back on that. I missed a couple good ones. All right, we're just gonna call him the King of Trugala then, until I can locate his name. Fans, this is a job for you. You actually listen to us. Okay. All right. Uh, Dalvia says, all right, so the plan is, uh, we go in just before tea time. What time is tea time? About three o'clock. Okay. I don't know why we I look at my watch. And then remember, watches haven't been invented yet. I look at my sundial. Pull out my compass and say, all right. <clears throat> I stare straight into the sun. <laughs> yep, sounds <laughs> about I right. I back, there's just a tear streaming down my face. I'm like, yeah, it's about 8 a.m. right now. <laughs> Pupils are different sizes. <laughs> yeah, you tell the time of day based on how much it burns your eyes. <laughs> based on how big my pupil gets. One eye one eye is for looking at the sun, the other one is not. <laughs> You're already mostly blind, can't have you going blind even more. Whoa, wait, when did I become <laughs> blind too? <laughs> just because my eyes are fucked up doesn't mean I can't see. <laughs> yeah, they see perfectly fine, just not at the same thing. <laughs> But now I'm going blind now, so now everything looks gray and blurry. Fantastic. Maybe we'll just make you Let's... colorblind, like in real life. Yeah, just, you know, just fuck Brixius, right? Let's just <laughs> keep, keep going with it. 
See, I'm starting to picture less of a like outback farmer for your character, and now it's just like you're in the middle of an Oregon Trail mission. <laughs> I'm starting to picture myself more like King Boomy, because my eyes are all crazy, but I can still fuck people up. King Boomy's pretty a pretty awesome character to be like, so. Yeah, so fuck all you guys. That's Wait, I don't I know who, who that am I is. like? Huh? I don't know who that is. You gotta watch Avatar, dog. You've never seen Avatar? No, we went over this last time. I'll put your balls in a bear trap if you don't see it by next week. That's a lot to view in a week. That is not gonna happen. Well, it's gonna have to unless you want your balls in a bear trap. <laughs> Do you even have a bear trap? No, but I can get one pretty easily. I was gonna say they're not hard to get. Amazon, two days, be here. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, how um, rush order. <laughs> the store over on Lafayette Road. Log cabin store, they sell bear traps. Yeah, just like hunting stores. Yeah, because we have bears in the area. Alright, well speaking of being there, you are now in the city. And you have this... Uh, Whoa, how'd we get here? Fast traveling. This hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> Tiefling teleportation? Is that what we use? <laughs> Great. Hey, did you do this? <laughs> so, um, because there are too many of you to do the Warhawk thing again, and you're all dressed in your acolyte robes... We walk right up to the front door. Yeah, basically, Stan is standing with you in an alleyway just outside the central section of Principium. And he says... All right, guys, now, you look the part, so you walk in the front door, act like everything's normal. Prothean, don't say a fucking word. <laughs> I'm going to walk with a Conor McGregor walk. <laughs> Can we all? Yes. <laughs> Big dick walk through everything. It's like, oh, this is the uh, traditional Trugalan priesthood walk, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then when you get inside, Jet and I were able to get a general lay of the land. When you get inside, you're going to want to go up to the second floor and you're going to want to situate yourself just outside the audience chamber somewhere between the audience chamber and the feast hall so that's going to be on the second floor you're going to take the middle door you're going to take either a left or go straight you got that middle door left and straight left or straight okay on the third floor correct on the second floor second floor (laughs) middle door dirty whore dirty pop Straight. Yes. Or left. I think we've got it. Just one very important question. Stan, did you remember to bring the fake ring? Oh my god, Stan, if you forgot that, I'm going to smack you. If you forgot, you're going to be dealing with me as I start smiling with my creepy smile. It, it bleeds over into illusion. Uh, Dalvia turns to you and says, Your tongue's cut out. You don't say anything else from here on out. I'm still smiling. That's fine. Staring dead in his eyes. Stan, please. Please tell me. You remembered to bring it. Please. Tell me. Yeah, I got it right here. And he produces the uh, circlet and puts it in Abe's hand. Nice. Thank you, Stan. <laughs> Jesus. No, don't let anybody <laughs> see that. I butt stuff it real quick. <laughs> I don't do that. I just put it circle? in a pocket. It's, it's <laughs> something that can fit on your like entire head. <laughs> and... It's like putting a gauge in your ear. Those giant, giant gauges. You just gotta prepare yeah. it. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Where do you think I keep my extra squire at? <laughs> Alright, so let's... So for framing Sawatsky, we want to theoretically steal the real one and then put this one on him? To make it look like he took the one off the crown? Give Zawadzki the fake one? Yeah. Does that sound like a where we're going with this? We... Stan. Yeah. 
We should also, if, we're, if it's going to be stashed in the king's chambers, we should also trash the chambers to make it out more obvious that it was stolen. And like, leave some Palavos church items around there. Just leave some uh, stickers that say, we love Palavos. Yeah, so there's a little <laughs> tiny bomb Bible books that you find at, like, gas station ba on bathrooms. This is property of Zawadzki. <laughs> well, so Dalvia says, well, the, the, the idea here isn't to just frame him and get him out of power. We want to expose the fact that he is in league with demons. After he's exposed, he's going to have a mental snap, which they all do. Then he's going to try to kill the king, and then that's how we're going to expose him. So what if Zawadzki, we give this fake circlet to Zawadzki, and he happens to see us with the real Diademic Zorius, and then in front of everybody, we have him try to combine the two, which everyone knows does, shouldn't happen unless there's a demon apocalypse. And since he has a fake half, it won't actually happen. But everyone will know he's trying to make a portal. I don't think the common people know that this exists and that there's a portal and everything that would happen because of this. Well, if he had both halves, he would certainly go, Ha-ha! Now, you fools! I shall destroy you all! Something like that, right? I mean, you tell me. Yeah, you you know the guy better than we do. Is this going to be like <laughs> one of those old ancient stories we all hear about? The uh, stories of Bond of James, <laughs> where the villain just explains his entire plot in front of everyone. And then it doesn't work, and it's like, oh, nuts. Yes. But yeah, Hexor, I feel like you probably would know more about what Zawatsky would say rather than we would, just because you know him better. Ah, would he would he say something like that? Is he that kind of asshole? He is a pretty smug individual. But actually, let's go ahead and combine the earlier plot with the current plot. Let us plant evidence on Zawatsky. And then, to escape, he will have to use his demons. Does anybody have any magical recording devices that we can let somebody in gaseous form or invisible walk in and just record his conversations? I have my box of Kudak with its lens on it. <laughs> it lets me take Polaroids. <laughs> <laughs> there actually is a, um... Yeah, that's canon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. There actually well, is a um Oh god, I just got that. <laughs> <laughs> die. die and die again. <laughs> Alright, I got you, Paul. Ben, go die. <laughs> um, there actually is a magical item in D D that is basically a recording device. We all have a spare one. And when Hexor was uh getting supplies from his house, he happened to bring one of those along, right? <laughs> Or do we have to go on some weird side mission to get this real quick? They are the richest family in this damn city. I would hope they would have one. They probably use them all around their manor. And their servants are dressed better than uh, Prothean and his fancy duds. So I'm sure they have this uh, magical camcorder for when they were babies taking their first steps. Um, hold on, let me... I gotta find what it's called. So we just need to record... We need to record over their precious family memories. Well, we actually need a camcorder. If he gets the thing and tries to escape with demons, it's going to be pretty obvious. Well, part of it, part of it wasn't we, aren't we supposed to convince him we're also on his try side and trying to summon demons for the same reason he's trying to summon demons? I thought that was like the backup plan in case we fuck up. In case up. we get caught. Yeah. Who needs a plan? Yeah, that was the backup plan in case we get caught. 
which is why we're going to plant the fake circlet on him. And that way, if he sees us, we'll be like, hey, yo, we got half this. You got the other half. Let's combine them. And it won't work. I'm just going to wing it. We got a lot of ideas going around. One of them will work. <laughs> Let's do them all at the same time. Oh, okay. It's called the Gem of Auditory Recollection. It's technically a 4E item, but... Well, then we obviously can't use it. No, we can still use it. So, Hexor kind of hangs his head and goes, I did not think that we would need such a device. To the thought ahead. And this Peasant. is why we let Dalvia do the thinking. Yes, that is why I normally do the thinking. And why didn't you think yes, of this, Dalvia? why didn't you remind him? <laughs> because Hexor had to be in and out of the manor. It was clearly being watched by Zawadzki and his cronies. We saw some very sketchy-looking individuals outside the manor. One was a tiefling with no horns. Oh, shit. Who is that, Abe? That's, a uh, fuck, what's his name? He's a cack, cack and ballsius. Cassius. Yeah. Cack and ballsius. <laughs> <laughs> so Hexor just went, ran in, ran back out as fast as he could. Should have fireballed him on the way by. Do you know where Zawadzki is now to plant this? At this very moment? Well, I mean, have... is he showing up to tea time? Like, oh, yeah, what? we have to draw him out of his office so we can plant stuff there. Do we need a distraction? I got this accent. Have, have you guys seen the boys? What? The TV show? Oh, God. Come on. Oh, okay. I thought... <laughs> it involves a firebolt <laughs> and bending one of his um acolytes over. Well, I don't think you could be a good distraction, Prothean, because you can't talk. When I hear the word distraction, I just assume the fetal position. <laughs> I was just going to donkey kick the king or something. I was for that. This is PTSD. I wasn't really expecting anything, but I was fully expecting something. This has been a demonstration. Oh. <laughs> this is how you commit regicide in self-defense. <laughs> Dalvia says, well, I do know where his his offices are. Um, so we could plant the the circlet there. I'm sure that he will most likely be, well, I'm 90% sure that 60% of the time, Zawadzki is right alongside the king. That makes no goddamn sense, woman. You just see Brixie is <laughs> physically hurting from trying to compute that. <laughs> Dalvia turns to He's Abe. He's already not good at math. <laughs> Dalvia turns to Abe and says, well, I don't see you doing any of the thinking at the moment. All right, whoever knows where it's at. Just... Hey, I, I mentioned the, you know... Framing him with the circle in the first place. So. Don't worry. Phew. I'll do all the thinking from now on for everyone in my group. Mm, okay. Well, I mean, technically, he's my boss, so I have to go along with that. That is scary true. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually depressing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we, we, he decided that Prothe is actually in charge here. I mean, as per my original contract with Dosh, it was for, you know, Prothean's quest. So that makes Prothean the boss. Yes. But that doesn't necessarily make him the shot caller, though. Because his quest is pertaining to ultimately killing demons, but specifically for us to kill the one demon. All right, so I feel like, Stan, you should take most of the group of people to go on our mission while one person comes with me to go plant the circlet. Someone, preferably, who knows where Zawadzki's office is. We all just turn and slowly look at Dalvia. <laughs> so Dalvia and Jet, you guys go banging out in the office and plant the circlet. 
Everybody else will go to the second floor and we'll go through the middle door or the one on the left. And all I know is we were supposed to go through those doors. I don't know what the rest of the plan is from here. I I might donkey kick the king. I might, you know, I'm kind of a wild card right now. I have no idea what I'm going to do. What does bang it out mean? When a mommy and a daddy love each other very much. (laughs) Delvia throws her hands up and goes, all right, fine. I'll go with Jet and plant the circlet in Zawadzki's office. The rest of you go and try and steal away the real circlet from the crown. Um, The king won't wear it the entire time. He'll set it aside at some point. Hexor will be able to cast an illusion so that you can get out of there. But remember, don't run into anybody. Don't let anybody stare at you too closely. Will do. Good luck on your endeavors. I cast message real quick to talk to Ambionitis. Yep. So, uh, I think Jet's about to go have his first time. Should we pull him aside and have the talk with him? Yep. All right. Jet, um, why don't you, why don't you step over here with me and Ambionitis real quick? No, don't hurt me. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, uh, it's not about that. I, I will be refraining from donkey kicking at the moment. I'm going to stand behind Prothean for a second. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I put my arm around his shoulder. Don't worry, we have words of advice for you. Oh god, I run away from Prothean. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you travel with us? <laughs> You're terrified of us. You can't listen to anything Prothean says. I have good advice for you. And to think, Jet actually looks up to Abe. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I put good morals, good ethics. <laughs> I put one hand on Jet's shoulder until and I'm... then I shadow step to Abe. All right, I'm just going to donkey kick him now. <laughs> As he's appearing out of the shadow step, you're just in donkey kick. Oh. Be surprised, man! I didn't see it coming. Learn my lesson. Well, part of the information that you need to know for your first time is wrap it in protection. Want to protect the circlet? I'll cast a uh, protection from evil on you. <laughs> <laughs> I give him a medieval chastity belt that's like a hundred pounds. Oh, is this more exercise equipment for the gym? Yes, carry it all the way back. <laughs> hundred pounds with spikes on both sides, inside Oof. and out. There's gonna be some twisting, turning, and some punching. <laughs> this looks dangerous. All right, I'll. I guess I'll put the medieval chastity belt in my knapsack. No, you gotta wear it. <laughs> Nemo. All right, mister. <laughs> it's going to be twisted, dirty, and punching. I don't know what the heck he's saying, but he's adorable. <laughs> That's what you can expect, Jet. <laughs> expect the unexpected and maybe throw in a donkey kick of your own. Tends to work for me. Nice fine day on the EAC. <laughs> Spinning whirly vortex of terror. How old are you? 150, bro. It's still young. Yeah, how old is she? Dalvia? Correct. I don't think it matters in this time period. Oh, it matters. Okay, it matters. How old is she? She hasn't said. Dalvia. How old are you? You boys should know better than to ask a woman her age. Hexor, how old is she? He, he, he opens his mouth and says, Why, she's... And then he catches the look that she's giving and goes, Of a very moderate and reasonable age. How old are you, Hexor? I am 27. Nice. And is Davia your older sister or your younger sister? I would say older. Again, he catches a look from Davia and says, Uh, I feel like this is a trick question. I'm not answering that. 
No, I just want to know who crawled out of your mother's womb first. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're not twins, right? Dalvia grabs Jet by the arm and says, Come on, we're going. Oh, aggressive. Wait, how old is Jet? I am about... Shoot, I gotta remember what I've said before. I think I said mid-20s for me. I think me. you're like 18 or something. Is it 18 or 19 is what I thought. Yeah, like 17, 18. But half-elf, so I live a long time. You're still a toddler. <laughs> oh, so you're 17 or 18 in terms of half, uh, in terms of half-elves? In terms of rotations of this planet around the sun. Oh, well, a half-elf isn't the same as an elf. An elf ages, like, ages slower and matures slower. A half-elf ages the same rate as a human, but just lives longer. So he's not a toddler? Right, so he's a normal no, not. 17, 18, 19-year-old. Perfect age for an unpaid intern. I think you're paying him too much at the gym. <laughs> as he's getting dragged away, I recast message on Jet and say, Good luck, buddy. I'm rooting for you. We all give him a thumb up. Chan to slap his ass. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Mei Chan goes up and shoves up, pops a finger in his butthole real quick. <laughs> uh, Dalvia turns and says, Abe, I'm going to need the, the circlet. Whoa. I hand it to her. Why don't you just toss it to me? <laughs> Why? <laughs> all right, fine. And she takes it from you. <laughs> Why are you being so weird about <laughs> Throw it as hard as you possibly can. You want me to throw it, huh? It's like we're standing right next to each other. Uh, she, <laughs> as she takes it from face. you, she snatches it from your hand, but then doesn't turn away just yet and says, good luck. You take care of Jet, okay? Be gentle. You take care of Hexor. Oh, oh. And Stan, I, I guess. <laughs> and oh. Stan? Oh. Okay. Just, right. just I, I transfer the mage hand from, uh, <laughs> it's at least staying in Jet's butthole until it disappears because he's out of range. And I'd like to follow briefly so it stays in just a little longer. <laughs> Mambo Dalvia, he's wearing a chastity belt. Quench your urges. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your continued patience with my editing throughout this crazy mess of a year. I'm getting started right away on episode 77, so the plan is to have that for you on December 1st, 2020, right on schedule. I've also been getting other edits done for new Patreon content. We will have a 10-episode miniseries put up there shortly, in addition to all the other content we've already posted, including artwork, conversational recaps where we go a little off the walls while talking about what happened in the previous episode, and bloopers. This past weekend, a few of us sat down to record something new, a special Patreon story that wound up being so much fun to record that we were all holding our sides from laughing so much. So if you want in on that action and are financially able, we would certainly appreciate your support at patreon.com slash deathsavingbros. And don't forget, we're currently running a special on the Shade Arrow tier through the end of the year, which includes biannual exclusive merch in addition to all that other exclusive content. Unfortunately, that exclusive merchandise won't be available around the holidays, but we do have items available for purchase right now over at redbubble.com.
Give the gift of Death Saving Bros this year. Search our show name on the website to see our new What Does My Dark Vision Tell Me design and portraits of each of the main characters. All of the amazing artwork in the new designs was provided by Mitchie Blue on Instagram, and you can get it on everything from shirts and hoodies to throw blankets. Speaking of Instagram, did you know the podcast is on social media? You can follow us at Death Saving Bros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit, where we keep you up to date on what's going on in our world and share awesome feedback like reviews from our listeners, which you can also do on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. And we also promote fantastic creators like Will Savino and Alex, the Boy King of Idaho, both of whom are composers featured in this episode. Will and Alex are creating music for tabletop games, which is available, if you support them, on Patreon. Finally, the last thing we like to do before getting you back into the episode is giving a supporter shout-out to our patrons who have pledged $5 or more to supporting this show. We are incredibly grateful to you and thankful for all the confidence that you continue to show in our creative efforts. The following individuals have pledged to support us financially at the $10 tier or higher. Ryan Cushman, Two Times Tyler, and Gene L. Jackson. Thank you. Without further ado, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Alright, so we'll go ahead and follow Jet first, but before they go off, Hexor says real quick, Don't forget, I need to cast Telepathic Bond so that we can talk to each other. And then Jet and Dalvia leave first, and they approach the entrance to the castle. The doors are flung wide open, and there are people coming and going from the castle. Clearly, this is not just a residence for the king and queen. This is also an active part of the government. You can see people wearing little uh, round spectacles on the bridges of their noses. You can see scholars wearing robes. You see people flying by with giant stacks of paper, and there are uh, people dressed in robes just like you are. A lot of them are dragonborn, but there are other races as well, and the ones that are dressed in priest's garb seem to be strolling much more casually than everybody else. They seem to have it a little bit better than the crazed and flustered clerks that are running around. You walk through these wide-open golden doors, and you enter into the grand hall that you had been in in your flashback. It looks very similar, but now it's full of people, whereas before in the past... There were just that handful of survivors. Uh, You can see that at the far end of the hall, there are staircases that lead up to the second floor. On the right side of the hall, there is a hallway leading to the right, and to the left, there is a hallway leading left. You also know from your flashback that there is a door hidden behind one of the tapestries on the far side of the hall. Dalvia 
hooks her arm through yours. And again, you're both disguised as Dragonborn. And she says, remember, don't get near anyone. If you happen to see somebody getting close to us, let me know and we'll sidestep them. We're going to have to go upstairs and then take a left. The liturgical offices are that way. I thought you're not supposed to be touching me right now. You and I are fine. It feels a tingling that he has never felt before in his 17 to 18 years. I going to say the hammer bottom's really got in my head before we left. I'm not sure what's going on, but... The Tessie belt is starting to poke him. <laughs> and he's never felt this way before. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh, oh Lord. Lord. Can you feel the love tonight? All right, so she leads you up the staircase and take a left down that hallway. There are doors all over the place. The hallway, you can see as she's walking, it appears to almost make a square around the interior of the castle. And again, there are clerks coming in and out of these office doors. You can see desks and people uh, scratching away with their ink and quill. It's a very, very studious and efficient looking area. And then as you progress around this square towards the back left of the office area, you you notice that the clerks start to wear the acolyte uniform, similar to what you're wearing. And because of the size of the corridor and all these clerks going back and forth, I need you to give me a dexterity saving throw to avoid being hit by all of these passing clerks. Oh boy. 17, I believe. All right. That passes. Man, you must have rolled really low then. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I did. (laughs) So, I don't know if you've seen Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. I have. When they're trying to get into the headquarters of the world's army, and he's like, all right, one, two, three, stop, spin, turn. You're basically kind of doing that down the hall and dodging back and forth as these clerks go, but they're so preoccupied with what they're doing, they don't even notice this weird ballet that you you and Dalvi are pulling to try and get through these halls. We are dancing. And eventually you get to a closed door that is rather large compared to the other offices, and Dalvia says, all right, can you pick this lock? If only I had that gas potion. I can try to pick the lock. All right, be quick about it. And I'm going to need a stealth check. Uh, well, she'll roll a stealth check, and then you roll a sleight of hand check. Oh god, I gotta go off of her stealth. (laughs) That was a 16. Alright, 16 gets through the lock, the door latch clicks, and Dalvia, keeping an eye out, says, alright, we're clear, we're clear, go, go, go. And uh, you open the door, she closes it quickly behind her, and you are now in an antechamber, like a secretary's office, the the receiving room. And then there is another door in the back, which Dalvia says, all right, go through there um, and find a good place to plant the circlet. And I'll, I'll keep watch out here. All right. So I'm going to head over to, you said it's like a what now at the end of it? Like a desk? Yeah. So in this room that you're in right now, it's like a receiving room where You go to an office, and then there's a secretary there that says, please have a seat, and uh, the doctor will be with you shortly. And then she says, all right, the doctor will see you now, and then you go into the next room. 
Okay, well the best place to place this so that Zawadzki will look guilty is in the next room. Yes, that's why I said go into the next room. I'll keep watch out here. You're not my mom! Or is she? Done, done, done. Alright, so do I have to like, pick this lock or is it unlocked? I'm gonna head over there. That The next door is unlocked. Alrighty, what's the next room look like? Go ahead and take off your headphones, everybody except Brad. Ooh. It looks like a room with Zawatsky in it. Oh my god. I hope it's not that. So you open up the door to the next room, and when you open the door, it's just an empty room, and there's a bay of windows that looks out the edge. Of, it's on the exterior of the castle, and you can see into the city. Mm-hmm. You move towards the desk, I'm guessing, to try and place the circlet somewhere there. Sure. All right. Just as you're approaching the desk, you're going to hear Hexor say via telepathic bond. All right. We should probably skedaddle because the spell only lasts one minute. And then the door creaks behind you. You spin around and standing behind the door, you see Caxias. Real quick question. Yeah. Is this room dimly lit? It is not. This is a bright room. Yes, it is not what you would consider dim. Okay. And Caxias creaks the door closed and says... Well, well, well. We've got a troublemaker here. And then we're going to cut to the other guy, so go ahead and tell them to put in their headphones, please. Oh, no. Okay, so, guys, I got left on a cliffhanger here. Y'all put your headphones on now. I refuse to. But, tell you what. Is it a romantic cliffhanger? It's, yeah, it's... Yes. (laughs) Something's about to happen. All right, so now uh, that we've done some stuff with Jet, the other, the rest of the group, Hexor says, All right, Stan, lead the way. Stan reminds you all again. Now remember, don't let anybody touch you. Don't let them stare at you too long. Now let's go. Move out and make sure that you look like clerics, not like whatever else you guys are. A ragtag bunch of farmers. I know you said don't let anybody touch us, but... We're not allowed to touch other people too, right? You should probably stay away from them. Don't let them inspect you for too long. I think if we have to roll, we should get a vantage because I'm just smiling right now doing a Conwell Greco walk, so I'm assuming everyone's getting out of my way. Yeah, but everybody's also going to be looking at you. Who cares? We were told not to let them look at us. Cut out everybody's eyes who look at us. Okay, I'm down. They can't look at us if they <laughs> have no eyes. I, don't, I didn't bring a knife. Can I just rip them out? No, we're just all going to walk casually. I'm still smiling. Real, real cash. Give me... Super cash. Uh, all of you give me a stealth check, and you're allowed to do it with advantage because you are disguised. Or, actually, you could also... No, you could do performance if you want to. I'm going to uh, do that. Well, with both of my dice, I rolled the same number, so that's going to be a 19 for me. I got a 20. I got a 13. I got a 16. All right, so Prothean, walking with his Connor McGregor walk and his creepy smile, is drawing the most attention. <laughs> All right, we gotta quickly fix this. I donkey kick Prothean. <laughs> For once, it's not me. Oh, don't worry, you'll be getting it later. Okay. Nah, um, <laughs> you donkey kick him as you're walking down the street towards the, <laughs> towards the castle. He doubles over in pain, and you look around and you notice that everybody that had been looking at him 
all the kind of weird looks. Now he's bent over and, and he almost looks like contrite and pensive and as if he's in prayer because he's bent so far over and they're all like nodding in approval. Yes, that is a... <laughs> no way. We're walking in a crowded hallway. Somebody gets donkey kicked and everybody's like, all right, that guy's good. We'll just let him go. <laughs> but I'll take... They didn't see the donkey kick. They just saw the... They just saw the mute guy who can't oh, talk, okay. bent, bent over in pain, silently I screaming. I they were all just watching it, but like, he was drawing the most attention, so I just turned and doggy him. They're like, all right, that's better. Like, <laughs> I can let him go back about his day. Yeah, he was drawing attention, so like when you, uh, you know in the Strongsville Mall, the guy with the like gold pants and the flashing belt buckle. Oh, that guy, oh, is he still there? Fuck yeah, he is. He's actually a customer at the exchange. Everybody notices him. But they're almost like, they look at him, they go, huh. Then they keep on going with their day. Same thing. Eventually, somebody probably would have stopped and stared, but he was just drawing a lot of attention. People were looking his way, and then you secretly donkey kicked him, and now when people look his way, they go, oh, look at the, how how good an acolyte that priest of Heleros is. Nice. I like how we evolved from spearing to donkey kicking, but we still spear. <laughs> this is fun. You know, you've never actually speared since that one time you failed spearing the priest, didn't you? Chet, you're not a part of this. I'm not even here right now. <laughs> yeah, so stop stop making Brixie is mad without even being here because I'm, I'm, I'm just, just saying, is that like some underlying plot point that like you're building up to? Like you failed at the spear at like the one time, so you've never actually had the courage to try a spear again? Actually, Did you just you're go wrong. to Donkey King? We we speared within the uh this the stand forward or the Yeah, you did forward at the stand. <laughs> Or the ford at the river. I don't remember what it was called, but we speared everybody there the one morning. So we ha we have overcome it, which would have been a good plot point if we haven't. We just gave up spearing forever and started donkey kicking. But Yeah, that's all I was asking. All right, so you enter through the main doors, and you notice all the things that Jet and Dalvia had. Uh, but your destination is up the stairs and straight down that hallway. You notice that... Your hallway is wide and tall, whereas Jet and Dalvia had been going through very narrow hallways. You have plenty of room to move, and this is clearly like a main thoroughfare. And you can see some almost like conference rooms on either side of the hall. And at the far end of the hall, there are another set of double doors, not nearly as large as the front doors, but they are finely carved, and you would guess that that is the audience chamber, the receiving room. Stan whispers to you all and says, all right, we can either go through into the audience chamber and wait for the king, or we can go into this side hall over here, which leads to the feast chamber and the, uh, the parlor. Do you want to wait for the king to sit on his throne, or do you want to wait for him when he eats dinner? Or has tea, I guess. I like food. Um, yeah, we can pretend we're blessing the food. Ooh, can I be a server? Acolytes, well, yes, it would be an honor to, to be selected. So, sure, we can go over there and wait and hope that you are chosen. Yeah, let's all try to be servers. And just as we're serving him his tea, we steal his crown. I just imagine, uh... <laughs> 
one person goes up to serve him and just donkey kicks him by, you know, just donkey kicks the king. So he's like, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to have, you know, this server instead. So then, like, Abe comes up and donkey kicks him. <laughs> and nobody sees the donkey kick. They just see the king bent over in prayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I could secretly donkey kick. It's canon now, Paul. And then everyone's like, ooh, the king's praying. We all need to pray. And then we steal the crown at that point. <laughs> That's a good plan. I'm with it. All right. We got to plan a big demonstration, brother. All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys start walking down that hall, and Hexor behind you is like, I don't agree with that plan. I do not agree with that plan. Better get on board real fast, boy. I nod in approval. <laughs> All right. And you enter into the, the <laughs> feast chamber, and you can already see some other acolytes lining up along the walls, hoping for the opportunity to serve Zawadski and the king in this relatively modest uh, dining chamber. It's not the main feast hall. Uh, there's a table set for approximately 12, and along each wall are 12 acolytes. And uh, just as you take your places along the walls, in through the side door enters a procession led by the king of Trugala. And you can see upon his brow the crown of the kingdom. The points of the crown are like flames, and in the center of the crown is a black diamond. The bottom band of the crown is a thin ribbon of silver. The king goes to the head of the table. Everybody bows their heads. You also bow your heads, I'm guessing. Does the crown fall off his head when he bows? He doesn't bow. All the acolytes bow. We're all bowing, and I imagine, I'm not sure if Prothean is going to, but if he's not, I would like to just buckle his knees <laughs> and make him bow <laughs> by force. Prothean, are you bowing of your own volition? I do like a half-ass, like lazy-ass bow. No, he does a curtsy. I do a curtsy. <laughs> <Yeah>. A curtsy <laughs> yeah. bow. I thought curtsies were a bows like the half bows. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so look, glancing up at, from your bow, you can see that in after the king come the queen, and then who you can guess are the ambassadors from Danakesh. They wear uh, gold and orange livery, and they have sashes from shoulder to hip, and their pants are free-flowing and woven back and forth in between each other so that they're not... Like trousers, they're... They're parachute uh, pants? Yeah, more like parachute pants, but they're not... <laughs> really? Hammer time! <laughs> Hammer time! Is that the traditional... <laughs> that's the traditional dance of uh, Danakesh? The hammer time shuffle? Um, uh, they're harem pants. Harem so is it harem pants? time? <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> I gotta look up what harem pants are now. Oh, those are fucking sweet. Oh, man, they are MC hammer pants. <laughs> Oh, the ones with the really big crotch. I, I, I can respect that. And uh, the king motions for them all to take a, a place at the table. He sits, then everybody else does. And at that moment when he sits, one of his attendants steps forward, takes the crown from his head and places it on a cushion. And then the cushion is placed on a pedestal behind, directly behind the king's chair. Uh, you also see Zawadski come in last and he sits at the opposite end of the table from the king. He looks along each of the walls, 
as if looking to pick one of the acolytes, I want each of you to give me a... Actually, you get to choose which role you're going to do and explain why you're choosing that that role. Sort of like a skill challenge. Gotcha. What, like to get him to pick us? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, do we want him to pick us or would that be too much attention on us and would he notice us? But then we could go with plan B. Gotcha. Okay. Um, can I roll intimidation because I want to scare him into picking me? With my smi- can I also get a proficiency because I have my smile? Uh, you don't get proficiency, but you can do an intimidation. Do you want us to roll and then explain it to you or explain what we want to try to do and then roll? The latter. Oh, I was just trying to intimidate him. I already said that, right? Yep. Intimidating him to try to scare him into picking me? I got a 16. Okay. He looks at you quizzically, but he doesn't seem to dismiss you. I nod while doing it with my smile. (laughs) I want to perceive where he's already looking (laughs) and then place myself there to make myself seem like an available choice. Okay. And I... (laughs) <laughs> you count that as a legal roll, it kind of bounced up onto the other dice. It bounced up onto other dice, but it landed so flatly and cleanly on top of another die. Yeah. Sure. So it's like very clearly like a particular number. Okay. All right. So that's going to be a 22. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you just, he's looking at the guy next to you and you just stick yourself in front of him. Yeah. I just like <laughs> sidle. Okay. It's like a photo bomb. Like but wherever he's photo. looking, I'm there. <laughs> I'm going to persuade him to pick me by throwing winks at him and stuff with my crooked ass eyes. <laughs> so it just looks like you're blinking? Yeah. I rolled an 11, so. <laughs> he, he sees you throwing winks at him and he frowns, clearly not interested in picking you. With a plus seven, <laughs> I fuck up. <laughs> Damn it. I want to... Stand among everybody and show what a athletic individual I am by jump. I find a jump rope somewhere, or I rip the robe off somebody and start skipping a rope with it. <laughs> that might draw a little bit too much attention to you. Would you prefer to uh, maybe just bulk up? It's not like squatting a random acolyte. Just, just give him a Mr. Universe pose. Should I just start walking on my hands, and if my rope falls down, it falls down. That, the world see. That could work. Or, as Brad said, fuck the, me in the ass. Impress him with how many squats you could do in a row. <laughs> <laughs> you start sweating, can't walk afterwards. I do a series of athletic maneuvers. Fourteen. Fuck that one up pretty good. All right, he sees you rip the robe off the acolyte next to you and he looks shocked and kind of is like shaking his head at you because the king is, can't see you you're farther back along the wall and he's like no 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 stop 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 what are you doing you never skipped rope before <laughs> and uh, then he comes back and he points to Abe and he shrugs and also points to Prothean and says, Acolytes, please serve the king and queen. I nod approvingly. I'd be like, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> this is thank my you so much. This is my strong head. <laughs> it's the happiest day of my life, sir. 
You can see at the far end of the hall, there are dishes ready to be served uh, with a cup of tea and saucer and then a teapot and a plate of biscuits. And there appears to be one for each of the individuals. Well, since I had, I've had to teach my all my squires how to properly serve me since I'm a noble, I serve them correctly. Okay, give me a performance check. Yeah, I would say Prothean would probably be the best at this, considering his background. Yeah, and you have advantage on this. All right, before we go up, can I try and whisper to the rest, I think I have a plan. <laughs> it might work. Stan says, don't do anything stupid, but go for it. You said performance, right? <laughs> Yes, with advantage, because you do have a noble background, and you have passed on that noble background to your squires. While I'm up there, I could cast Fog Cloud. Nobody will be able to see, and then could grab the crown and book it the fuck out of here. And Zawatsky will be standing nearby. You're doing this all as you're walking by, Stan says, or you could just grab it and Hexor cast a spell. Does Hexor know Fog Cloud? <laughs> he knows Illusion. And you're past him. All right, I'm just going to grab it when I walk past. <laughs> Let's do that. And uh, Prothean, what'd you roll on your performance check? 17. All right. Go ahead and explain to me how you properly serve tea and biscuits to the king and queen of Trugala. Well, first, you serve the tea. One hand behind my back, the other one serving the tea from the right side giving a slight bow to everyone I'm serving to, starting from the um, highest ranking noble to the lowest. After the tea is served, then I saw uh, doing the same thing with the biscuits. Very well done. What, I actually had to take it, I actually had to do this. Graduated colony school, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, and I guess while I'm walking up, I want to be looking like I'm just shaking with so much excitement and glee at having been picked. That he hasn't changed his tunic. And <laughs> pass kind of close to the crown and sort of stumble and make sure Hexor is paying attention and then grab the crown. All right. As you step forward and grab the crown, Ocean's 12 style, Hexor points and casts Minor Illusion in place of the crown. All he has is Minor Illusion. Has a level 20 (laughs) wizard. Weak link. He should have like major illusion. He also has, um, uh, that destroy mind. Yeah. He's feeble mind the king. Um, yeah, so he casts Minor Illusion, and there is a crown there that looks exactly like the crown you had just taken. And give me a sleight of hand to conceal the crown in your robe. Oh, is it, like, small enough where I can actually get away with that? With the proper sleight of hand check, you could. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy going to be a 15. You think you got away with it? <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, you hear in your minds Hexor say, all right, we only have one minute until the spell wears off. We should skedaddle. So I guess as soon as I've got the crown stowed away and I assuming, I'm assuming I'm still holding some sort of like serving tray or something. Smack the king with it. I'm going to stumble, spill it upon myself, and then hang my head and scurry away in shame at my clumsiness and foolishness. All right. Crying. 
performance roll. I snap my fingers and point to two uh, ac- random acolytes and point to it. I'm the, he- I'm the head server now. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to be getting out of here. You just leave and this is your life now. <laughs> Everybody else leaves. Prothean just goes back to the kitchen. <laughs> two of the acolytes that are not one of your band step forward to clean up the mess. Why wouldn't you point to, like, me and Ambionitis, you asshole? <laughs> then I do a little, I do my little bow, take down my empty serving teapot, do my little, I do a bow, and then to, to, like, two steps back, turn around to my heels, and walk away. And then throw the hot water in Zawadzki's face. Has, has anybody finished their tea on the table yet? Prothean pours the tea, the one guy. Scalding hot tea, downs it like a shot, stares you directly in the eye, and says, More. <laughs> Well, I guess I was going to say, if it was a situation like me and Ambionites can go to start clearing dishes to get out of their butts. I probably should have pointed to you guys. I did nothing just through. But I guess if we weren't selected to be servers, we wouldn't be clearing dishes anyways. What is everybody else who wasn't selected doing? Just casually standing along the wall still? Were we not dismissed? You weren't dismissed, but you weren't necessarily invited either. <laughs> so if I just leave and just like turn and walk for the door, is that going to be frowned upon? Uh, one of the other acolytes has left in a huff. The other ones are standing there as if they're hoping that they might still be picked. I picked two of them, so this would be ecstatic about that. Uh, Zawadzki says, The rest of you may go. Oh, well, wait, wait to help out, guy. I walk out. <laughs> yeah, I walk out. As you leave the serving chamber and you start to briskly walk away Hexor says, I can't believe that we did it and just as Hexor is saying that you hear Jet talking via the telepathic bond Guys, we've run into a little issue Caxius is here Who? (laughs) (laughs) And suddenly in front of all of you that just left the serving chamber out from one of the conference rooms steps a familiar face that you definitely thought was dead. Das. Revan. Amelia? Siren says, I think it's time for a little payback. And that's where we're going to end our episode. Huh? <laughs> Wait, who showed up? Siren. Oh, fuck. Again with these assholes. It's the biggest bullshit. We killed the fuck out of him. <laughs> Didn't we cut his head off? Yeah. You see, I specifically (laughs) cut his head off with an axe so that this couldn't happen. Then I burn him. Abe just breaks character. You're a phony. (laughs) Phony. This guy's a phony. (laughs) I vaguely remember something about a fire. Did I burn him? We burned his cabin. I mean, we We probably burned his fucking head off. I guess next episode we're going to have a little bit of a battle episode uh, between Jet, Dalvia, and Caxius, and Siren and the others. If you enjoyed this episode, those of you listening, head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser and leave us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll read your review on the air. If you would like to keep in touch with us, you can head over to Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, or Instagram, at Death Saving Bros. We also have a Patreon for additional content and goodies. If you would like to keep in touch with me personally, I am on Twitter, at HPCamper, and Instagram, at HPCamper.14. You can find me at Benfro15. 
You can find me at Ima underscore B underscore rad. You can follow the Reddit. You could find me serving in the palace now because I am now to head server because I've taken it and claimed it. You can find me on the PlayStation Network as F-A-T-T dash Smith. And for all those of you who are listening in your homes, in your cars, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws and we'll see you on the next one. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The song Investigations is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. This track is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0 and sourced from filmmusic.io. The songs Do Not Weep for the Fallen, In Corridors of Yore, In the Court of Annis and Lavender, In the Court of Annis and Lavender Epic, My Life for Witherlim, My Life for Witherlim Southern Rock, and Principium are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. The songs Frozen Village, Day, Peace, and Parlor Perturbance, Mystery, are by the Boy King of Idaho at patreon.com slash boykingofidaho. These tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.